0: In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Welcome to Dan's Talks. My guest today is Gabrielle Bluestone. Uh, she's very involved in uh, the uh, literary world here in New York City and Washington. We'll get to that. Uh, in particular, I think it's a, be a good way to introduce you is you've uh, put out a book called Hype, which... Uh, has gotten tremendous coverage and uh, tell me tell me a little bit about what it's uh, what it's about and we'll go go from there
1: sure yeah well first of all thank you so much for having me yeah so hype was uh kind of the result of uh my reporting on the fire festival uh i was the reporter that broke that story for vice and then worked on the netflix documentary And at the end of all that, there was still kind of more of the story to be told. And I thought a really interesting kind of cultural analysis within it, too, looking at why something like that would work so well in today's society. And so that was what hype was. That was kind of the culmination of all of that.
0: Well, you said you explain what fire was and how that played into it.
1: Yeah, the fire festival was one of those huge viral scams kind of up there in notoriety even with like Elizabeth Holmes and Adam Newman and you know these like bigger kind of businessmen and women uh Fire Festival was kind of the brainchild of a 26 year old entrepreneur so it was a little bit different but basically he sold uh he hired some of the world's top models and celebrities including you know Haley Bieber and Kendall Jenner and all of these kind of famous Instagram influencers to sell this luxurious festival. And uh, when all the attendees arrived, it was actually kind of um, a gravel parking lot. They were using (laughs) FEMA tents.
0: Where was it? It was
1: in uh, Exuma in the Bahamas. Um, Initially, he had sold people uh, telling them that they were going to be staying on a private island. uh, And it was slowly downgraded until they found out they were in a a gravel development site next to a sandals resort.
0: I, re- I remember that now that you mentioned it. I just didn't remember the name of fire. It was, it was about seven, six, seven years ago, I think. And um, Yeah,
1: I think it was 2017.
0: Yeah. Did you go? I guess you must have.
1: No, yeah. no. I had been reporting on it from the office for a little while before. There had been all these kind of red flags, which made the story so much more interesting because people knew or should have known what was happening. But unfortunately I did not get to see it firsthand. But you know, the beautiful thing about tr- when you try to scam a bunch of social media influencers is every single one of them <laughs> is recording and making their own content. So there was no shortage of, you know, point of views, first eye views of the debacle.
0: Who were you covering it for? Were, were, you were writing about it? Mm-hmm. I was
1: working for Vice at the time.
0: And um, somehow it got on Netflix or how did how what what was that connection all about?
1: Yeah. So as the reporter that broke the story, Vice had its own film division, still does, Vice Studios. And there was a director that they had worked with on other projects, Chris Smith, who is an incredible director. Uh, he is responsible for American Movie and Jim and Andy, and he did Tiger King. So he's had a lot of stuff, you know, in the zeitgeist. And it just seemed like there was so much more of the story to tell than you could just convey in a series of newspaper articles. And, you know, as anyone that's seen either of the documentaries knows, like it's it's a gorgeous story to be told because it's happening in these beautiful blue waters of the Bahamas, even at the worst parts of the festival. It's still quite beautiful.
0: How many people came to them?
1: It's kind of tough to tell. I think despite claims to the contrary, they only ever sold maybe 2,000 odd tickets. And a lot of those were gifted too. And then they had... They hadn't really coordinated their um, airfare well, so they had flights that were booked that hadn't gone through. But I think ultimately it was just a couple hundred people, but there's not really like a specific head count,
0: unfortunately. So uh, you got an Emmy nomination uh, for the work you did. How, what 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 was that like, and how did that come about?
1: That was awesome. It was totally unexpected, but like a really cool experience. You know. It, a lot of people watched it. Uh, it was uh, at the time one of the most streamed things on Netflix. And I think the fact that there was the Hulu documentary at the same time really made it more of like a cultural moment. It's like kind of how you saw with Oppenheimer and Barbie. Like two films having the same release date can almost make them bigger as a result. So, you know, they got Submitted in a couple categories. Unfortunately, we did not win that year, but it was very cool to be recognized and very fun to go to the Emmys on Netflix's dime.
0: What did you uh, been doing before the uh, that that particular event, the fire event? What uh, wh- where did you where were you raised and where did you go to school and stuff?
1: I am born and raised New Yorker and East Hampton, um, although now I'm in South. I grew up in the city. I went to Horace Mann for high school and GW for college and then American for law school. I majored in journalism but didn't know if that was necessarily like a viable career in this day and age. Um, So I went to law school and ended up getting a job in journalism while I was still in law school. I was working for Gawker part-time and kind of just ended up splitting the middle where I Report primarily on like fraud and crime, so I do get to kind of use that training and that knowledge, anyway, which is nice.
0: Well, and some of your work has been in many of the dailies, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and others. What what would you think of as one of the most interesting of the stories that you wrote?
1: I mean, I think they're all kind of fascinating in their own right. One that I wrote recently, or your New or two now, I guess, for New York Magazine, concerned actually a girl I went to high school with. And so that was very interesting to fraud story that I would normally cover anyway, but it had the added um, layer of having known the woman at the center of it growing up. Um, and she's since pled guilty. I think she's serving a five or six year sentence now in Florida. did she do? She had committed a series of crimes. Um, she started off with kind of like petty credit card fraud and theft, uh, which landed her in Rikers for a year, where yeah. she became cellmates with Anna Delvey. And then when she got out, she went to Florida, where she was arrested um, on state charges at a, a bank drive through where she was cleaning out people's accounts. She had such a sophisticated scheme that she had um, figured out how to clone their cell phone SIMs. And had fake passports. So if they asked, if the bank asked for ID or for a secondary number to like perform a security call, she was prepared for that. But she got arrested anyway. And then she had also stolen over a million dollars in pandemic funds.
0: Uh, Have you practiced law or worked in a law firm?
1: No, I interned in law school, uh, but I never really made it to the big leagues.
0: But you're a lawyer.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm licensed. I passed the bar. I've been licensed. Uh, I don't know a while now.
0: So talk more more about hype uh, and uh, when it, when it came out. I I was looking for it online because I I knew we would be talking and and found uh, stories about it uh, from the past week or two, a and, feel and last few months. It seems to be a buzz that has been continuing for quite some time now. When did it uh, first come out?
1: I believe it came out in 2021, April 2021.
0: Tell me some things that were in it you'd like to talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed to be received pretty well. It kind of looked at why a scam like the fire Festival worked in an age where conceivably we have more tools than ever to like uncover these kind of scams right? Anyone can kind of be a detective from home now or anywhere, as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection. And yet somehow he was able to convince some of the most connected people in the world and some of the most famous people in the world to sign on and endorse and buy tickets to this thing. So it kind of looked through different elements of that scam. So I looked at, you know, social media influence and looked at kind of VC culture and startup culture. You know, this is A business world now where you are expected to fail and you are expected to promise things you don't have. So if that's kind of what's expected of you, when does it become fraud? So you know there are some great kind of stories like that in there, like you know the ones that everyone knows, of course, like Theranos and WeWork and that kind of thing. But then also looking at you know there was a social media influencer with two million followers on Instagram who ended up scamming me. It's kind of a
0: how did they tell me about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, she uh, had gotten in touch with me when the documentaries came out. She was attempting to launch her own podcast at the time. And what
0: documentary is that?
1: The, the Netflix documentary, the Fire Festival documentary.
0: Oh, yes, right.
1: And so she kind of capitalized on that documentary by inviting me as a guest, which I agreed to do in exchange for interviewing her. Of course, she... Didn't get interviewed, but I'll leave the rest of the story uh, for people to to read themselves.
0: Okay, You also were at the artist writers game as I was. Yeah, was, wasn't that fun? That was quite- it was
1: it was a great game. I didn't love it as much as last year's, just because there the experience of last year's game was wild. You know, we were losing what eighteen to one in the bottom of the ninth, and we came back to win.
0: I know it was quite something I, sh- I should explain that to people who are unfamiliar with it. The artist writers game is a game of softball. It's been played since 1948 annually in East Hampton behind a shopping center in a park. And that attracts all sorts of uh, people who are well known in various fields to play. No, most notably artists and writers. And uh, you, you were there, I guess, with, as, as part of the writers. You, you batted. How did you do?
1: I did pretty well. I'm, uh, you know, I, I didn't get home, but I did make it on base both times. So that's all I can ask for. I uh, just don't want to let Ken down, you know. Ken Aletta is our our team captain.
0: How did you uh, How did you find out about or first come out to the Hamptons? Tell me about your connections here.
1: Yeah, I mean I basically kind of grew up partially in the Hamptons um I joke that I have been going out there longer than I've been alive because I was going <laughs> out in utero uh you know I I a lot of train, yeah. <laughs> um I spent a lot of summers you know out there I actually my first job uh was working at sport time I was the desk girl and a hitter and later the uh, golf cart driver for a while so you know it was, it's it's a lifelong connection and and it's been an honor. Actually, my first piece of writing, I guess, published writing ever is I'm in the um, East Hampton Library's time capsule that they buried in 1996 as uh, like an example of children's writing in East Hampton.
0: Well, that's that's quite something. <laughs> so what, how did you get interested in becoming a How did you find that to be as interesting as it is uh, for me as well? But. How did did that come about for you?
1: Becoming a writer? Yeah. I didn't really choose it. It's like the only thing that's ever really felt, you know, like a calling to me. Um, It's something that doesn't feel like work. Uh, It's amazing to me that people are willing to pay me to write. And maybe you have a similar experience because like I would be doing it anyway for free. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I feel like the luckiest person in the world to get to do what I want to do.
0: What, do you have any ideas for what's upcoming for you, what you think you might want to do in terms yeah. of more writing and you want to continue with publishing a book, writing a book?
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm working on another book right now that I can't really talk too much about, but hopefully we'll be done with soon. And, you know, I just want to keep doing everything. I love journalism. I don't think I'll ever fully move away from that, but definitely enjoying the conversion of Uh, stories from paper to screen. uh, So I'll keep doing that too. Uh,
0: Have you done any um, screenwriting?
1: Not much screenwriting, uh, more on the producing side, but definitely interested in in writing original work as well.
0: I have a theory that a lot of the things that result in the scams that you've been writing about are because of the lack of any kind of journalistic controls of what they call a telephone but is not a telephone it's actually a media that uh, escaped from the rules of journalism yeah and and so as a result you wind up with uh, a story even in the new york times i i I think i i I don't remember whether i heard read this one or not somewhere was i saw it though was uh Ukrainians sink five Russian ships. So I went, oh, that sounds like good thing to me to read. So I went there, among many others who did, to find out it was basically a survey going back two years of five different ships over two-year <laughs> time. And so you're basically being conned just to get more hits. And that results in some of the worst uh, things that happen that you are fortunate enough to be able to notice and write about, in my view.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, just to keep using the fire Festival as an example, one of the things that really shocked me in researching that story was how many legacy publications, you <laughs> know, endorsed it without any, any investigation into it, you know, not that they're – I guess Vanity Fair, you would expect more of like Vogue and Vanity Fair were kind of touting it as this event that you should definitely buy tickets to that, you know, all the, you know, famous elites were going to be at. And part of that is like, you know, like you were saying, the break, it's the breakdown of the newsroom, you know, obviously Vanity Fair magazine has very strict standards that, at least at the time, were not expected of, you know, the web and, and, and kind of overnight news teams. But nobody reading at home would know the difference. You know, you see something under the Vanity Fair headline, you assume it's been vetted. That's definitely an issue I think that continues on today.
0: I wonder if there's anything we, any of us can do about it. Uh, I, think, I think that if someone shouted fire in a crowded theater today, they'd get half a million hits. <laughs> <laughs> whereas in my generation and probably in your earlier generation anyway time you get arrested yeah for uh, trampling people or whatever it's a sad state of affairs in some ways what do you like to do when you come out to the hamptons what activities are you a hiker or a swimmer or what do you do
1: I'm pretty lazy, to be honest. I'm a, I'm a luncher. <laughs> uh, literally, unfiguratively, I do love going to Montauk and doing a lobster roll. I'm kind of more about like seeing family and friends, entertaining at home, just enjoying being out in the country. Uh, yeah. I do beach walks. I'm not a, as much a big swimmer. You know, there's like the perfect week where everything is nice and warm and exactly how you'd want it. But other than that, I'm happy to look at it.
0: What about you? Well, I've changed over time dramatically. I've been out here for 60 years, so I had eras, you know, when I was doing 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 uh a lot of things going out and being very busy and uh, uh I'm not an athlete, uh but uh I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed umpiring it. I've been doing that for a number of years and I've also I've thought of myself as being somebody who could do it, being an umpire very well, and would like that because I could, you out, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and So, so that's, that's uh, sort of sort of what I do. But I, I for years and years, I just go out and sit on the beach and write. I brought a laptop out there. And I, I did that for about 20 years, kept, kept doing it on various beaches until the uh, they they got I couldn't get a, a sticker for them. I live in Spring. <laughs> now there's one beach left. I I can do it on, but I don't enjoy going out there anymore much because I'm I'm an older guy now, very old, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but uh, uh, I I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but we're both on the board of the uh, uh, Artist Writers Game, which uh, is has been a lot of fun. We've raised a lot of money, helped raise a lot of money for charity. And uh, uh, did you know that the governor was uh, going to come to the game?
1: I heard whispers of it, but I wasn't sure of the backstory. You know, there's always a rumor about who's, you know, on their way.
0: Well, she uh, came to a lunch that I attended about three blocks from the uh, sh- stop and shop uh, two hours before the game. Game was at mm-hmm. two o'clock. She was there at 12. It was uh sponsored by the artist writers even though you don't know about. It. I didn't know about it either until the last minute and uh so I went to hear her speak uh it was to honor the contributions we the artist writers game makes to the um Phoenix house you know which helps disabled and difficult situations out in East Hampton and I thought and was rumored that she was going to play But I saw her speak on this back porch and she was wearing a dress. And I said, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't even know if she came to visit the game or not. But she was two blocks away. She was just a little further up Newtown Lane, that house. Uh, So that was that story. Well, good to talk to you. And uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Of course.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Bye-bye.